many people out there got the croup today? <clears throat> we'll get over it. The Lord's good. Psalms 139 talks about the everlasting presence and power of God. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. There is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I send up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, and the darkness as the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth, and that my soul knoweth right well. You know, I like that part about it. even when you go all the way down under the sea. I've been under there, and the Lord was right there with me. Like I told somebody before, when you got cold water up to your knees inside the people tank that's a bad thing but the lord provided me calm he provided me strength he took care of my family while i was gone he took care of me when i was there and i praise him for it because he was with me everywhere that's why i love that song wherever you go the lord is there whatever you do he knows it whatever you say he knows that that he will take care of you you just have to trust in him so let's go to the lord in prayer this morning for all those people that are still trusting in him and need a touch. And for those that just need a touch, maybe they don't trust him, but maybe they will. We have to have the faith to trust for them. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Kind Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise your holy name for this opportunity to come before you this morning, Lord. We lift you up. We praise you. We give you the honor and the glory and the praise, Lord, for everything that you have done. For those that cannot be here to do illness, Lord, I pray that you will touch their bodies and bring them through this. Those that are having to work, Lord, lighten their load. Help their day to be better. Help them to breeze through and just do as you would have them to do. Let their light be a light to others that will shine. Lord, help us as we do the music this morning that it will be a joyful noise unto you. Be with the pastor this morning as he delivers the word you would have him to say to our hearts, Lord, that we can take it and use it for the rest of the week, Lord, for you. Spread your gospel and spread your word. We ask all these things in Jesus' holy, precious name. Amen. Amen. Let's remain standing this morning for worship this morning.
for the Lord today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And say the name of Jesus. Say the name of Jesus. Say the name. Say the name of Jesus. So say, say the, the name. name. 
name, thy name, let's declare it today. For his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. For his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Oh, you know he's going to make a way. Oh, aren't you thankful for the name of Jesus? Oh, there's no other name but Jesus. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's Jesus. Oh, you know he's calling all his name. Sing it again for Jesus. 
Obviously, the Spirit of the Lord is moving on folks today. Just going to ask, wherever you are, if you'll just, for a moment, bow your heads and maybe close your eyes and in your own way, maybe just talk to the Lord for a moment. Whether it is just a song of thanksgiving, whether you're just wanting to worship the Lord, maybe you got a need in your life. When the waters are troubled, that's when you need to speak the name of Jesus. We've had a theme all throughout this worship today about speaking the name of Jesus. Say the name, speak the name, hear the name. We know that Jesus is the sweetest name we know. It is the name of Jesus. So you take just a moment and just talk to the Lord. Just tell Him how much you love Him today. Lord, we love you today. Father, we glorify your name today. We worship you today. Oh, church, would you just pray today? Will you just lift up the name of Jesus today? come here for me just for a second. Just come back to me just for a second. I very rarely, uh, I'm not one of those preachers that like to say, well, God told me something when God didn't, I'm not sure he told me something. <clears throat> I don't know how many of you have watched the news this past week. <clears throat> it was quite a scary situation that happened in town this week at the high school. Kids were put on lockdown due to some potential armed uh, weapons found in the parking lot. 
I've never had to experience that, but I can tell you for people that I have, that are friends of mine that have been through that, there's nothing more scarier when they put you on lockdown and you don't know what's going to happen. You're locked in a classroom and you don't know if, when you're coming out. You can't get a hold of mamas and daddies. You can't get a hold of grandparents. I had mamas texting me, you got to pray. I can't get a hold to them. So we're praying. Didn't know. Thankfully, thankfully, I say that not flippantly. I mean that seriously. Thankfully, everything worked out okay. And there wasn't any major casualties. But there have been documented cases where that's not always been the case. I remember growing up, Columbine High School was in my day. Some of y'all will remember that. Rachel Scott, the Columbine Massacre there in Colorado. Now, I don't think... Madison, if you'll look on my sermon, there should be um, the the Scare Tactics logo or something on there about the, the sermon series. Now, I know that most of you have been in church over the last month. We've been preaching a series on Scare Tactics. And I said to you that the enemy, I do believe in this last day, is doing everything he can to instill fear into the body of Christ. I don't care if it's just in church, you can't sing, you can't worship, or if it's in situations like Riley and her friends experienced this past week at school. The devil wants to instill fear in this nation. He wants to create pandemonium and fear in this world. That's what he's after. He's after our kids. He's after our everybody. He wants everyone to be afraid. Everyone. I'm sure, no doubt, this past week was a scary event for Riley and her friends. I'm not taking away from that. But I decree and declare today, as obviously we always pray for all our students. But 2 Timothy 1 and 7, I have said this multiple times. It's been the main theme of 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 our sermon series. It may still be in the system. I'm not sure. For God did not give us the spirit of fear. He did not call us to be afraid. He called us to have power, dunamis power that comes only from God, not from man, but from God. Power and of love and of sound mind. Now, I believe, now, Riley, I didn't ask her to leave the stage to go pray. She did that all on her own. But I believe she can walk into school tomorrow and not be afraid, not have to worry about what's the next thing that's going to happen when she walks in the hallways. I believe she can walk into school tomorrow and she can walk down the same hallway she just was in this past week and say, but God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And even if it takes Riley and two other friends, they can shake Berkeley High School from the front door to the back door and say, but we decree and declare that this school will be under the authority and the guidance of the Holy Ghost and God himself will be the only one that walks through these hallways moving forward. So here's what I want us to do. I got a message, and then we're gonna. Well, then I'm gonna preach, and then I'm, she's gonna go to children's church. But I want you to stretch your hands this way. And we're gonna pray not only for Riley but for her friends. I think Madison. Some of those that might be there. Come here, Madison. There's uh, some in the back already in children's church. There, they, they. I'll leave them there. But we got some of our own that go to that school. 
I can't help what First Baptist kids are doing, Monks Corner Pentecostal Holiness kids are doing, but I can tell you I'm going to pray that Santee Circle Church of God kids go in there and shake the foundations of Berkeley High School from the top to the bottom and let the whole world know you can try to make us afraid, devil, all you want to, but greater is he that lives inside of me than he that's in this world, and God be for me. Who can be against me today? So let's stretch our hands this way and pray. Heavenly Father, God, these precious children that are under my watch every Sunday and Wednesday, I pray a hedge of protection around about them. I pray you would lead and guide and protect them, but God, you would not let them operate in the spirit of fear. But let them have this, the, the mindset of power, dunamis power, dynamite power from the Holy Ghost, of love and of sound of mind. They can walk in, God, that to a school tomorrow and not be afraid loud noises won't make them shudder in fear the loud noises of a of outside won't be able to penetrate their mindset but god they'll know but if god be for them then who can be against them i pray you let these children all of those in children's church those that are standing here beside me this morning that represent this community let them be the change that's needed to change and shape the foundations of these school systems for the cause of Jesus Christ. Let Jesus Christ be lifted high. Let his name be glorified. Let Christ be exalted and every man be a liar. If God be for us, nothing will be against us in Jesus. Wonderful and precious name in the body of Christ said, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you. Now, as they're making their way to Children's Church, you may be seated for a moment. Now, my question to you is, are you going to pray for them this week? Amen. That sounded really weak and pathetic. Let's try it one more time. Are you going to pray for them this week? Amen. <clears throat> Luckily, I had the privilege of never having to experience something of that magnitude. But I tell you one thing, the devil is not playing games anymore. He's playing for keeps. He doesn't play games. He plays for keeps. If we're not praying for our students, don't worry. The devil will be glad to take them from us. Amen. The devil's all about taking them off our hands. We better be praying for them or he'll take them. Trust me, he'll take them. I believe with all my heart, and I do believe this with all my heart, that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which my mind can think or comprehend according to his word in Christ Jesus. I know most people would say, well, you don't know how many bad kids go to Berkeley High School. You don't know how many of them come from broken homes and bad homes and are just bad children. I don't. You're right. I don't know. But I know Jesus said if two or three would just agree as touching any one thing, there I will be in the midst. And I can tell you, I don't care if there's six million students that don't profess the name of Jesus Christ. If two of ours walk in there, Jesus walks in there with them and there ain't nobody's bigger than Jesus. I can tell you that right now. And also we'll tell you that Jesus took 11 men and he flipped the entire world upside down. So I do believe that three or four students from our church can help shape and change a community and that's out there corridors of that school if they if, if God chooses to use them he certainly can let those four students change the whole shaping of Berkeley High School Amen. and I believe that with all my heart that we are in our last days we are in the days of Elijah we are in the days of Daniel Ezekiel David we are in the days God's coming back again 
We better be ready. We better be ready. We better be ready. For those that are joining online, we welcome you to church today. Parents, please don't forget to sign your kids out today from Children's Church in the back as well. All those online, don't forget you can always download the Our Church app. Santee Circle COG is the search once you download that. All of the information with our church is found at SanteeCircleCOG.org. You can always subscribe to our podcast on Google or Apple, Santee Circle COG. Always, there's multiple ways to give in-house, in person, in the envelopes. You can mail them on the tithe.ly app. You can go to tithe.ly.com or tithe.ly and uh, search our church, or you can give right online, santeecirclecog.org backslash give. Next week, we'll be starting our new series on the table. The table will be engaging on a sermon series talking about sitting and feasting at the table of the Lord. Also next week, uh, Sunday night through Wednesday night is the annual community revival that we have every year with a bunch of the churches in our area. It will be hosted at the Hickory Grove Pentecostal Holiness Church. Uh, they will have various speakers. Brother Tommy Turpin, the director of Change Lives Ministries, will be Sunday night. Uh, on Tuesday night will be Brother Alan Bagwell from First Baptist Courtsville on Wednesday night. Brother Doug Cooper, Pastor Doug Cooper from Hickory Grove PH Church uh, will be <clears throat> bringing the message on Thursday night. They'll have their annual little Thanksgiving uh, meal or whatever. Uh, on Monday night, though, they have asked uh, if I would uh, bring the message. So please, if you can come, join us. It starts at 7 o'clock, uh, 6 o'clock on Sunday, and I believe it's 7 o'clock uh, on Monday through Wednesday. If you can come, that would be great. If you can't, we understand. Please be praying for us. Just like the rest of you, I have obviously got whatever this uh, thing is that's circulating in the air. Uh, I don't really feel bad. I just don't have a voice. I can't talk, and it just, uh, the throat's a little uh, unique than it's been. So, with the Lord's help, we're going to try to get through today, and uh, and hopefully he'll get us, well, I'm not going to say hopefully, I know he'll get us through. Uh, we're still in our sermon series, Scare Tactics. Uh, while you're uh, turning in your Bibles to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 6 is where we'll begin reading today. Mark chapter 6 is where we'll read today. While you're turning there, I had an eventful week this week with my own scare tactics with these guys. This is a yellow jacket nest <clears throat> that was here at our church. No, that is not something I downloaded off of Google. That's real. Uh, it was in our backyard, actually, right behind the shed or the children's ministry building now. Uh, it was buried into the ground. Only the top part that you see there was at surface level. Uh, there is an estimation, according to the bee extractors, there's an estimation of about thirty to 35,000 uh, yellow jackets and larvae that were a part of this nest uh, that we extracted. <clears throat> when he literally dug it up, he was covered. You couldn't even see the white of his suit anymore. That's how many yellow jackets were on him when he started to dig. Uh, they were flying crazily. We, we did get them moved off the property. Uh, being the humanitarian church that we are, we didn't kill them all. We just relocated them far, far away and let them still live out their lives in a peaceful residency far away from here. <clears throat> the only question I did ask him was since they'd been here, he said, I asked him how long they had been there. He said at least two or three months. So I asked Sister Carol, who does the church reports and others, they didn't give me an answer. But I was wondering if I could count them as outreach. Because they've heard every sermon. 
They've heard every song. They've been here. They're more faithful than even I am. They don't leave church. They're still here. They've stayed all the way through. So, I mean, you know how great it would be to put we have 30,000 things at church? We don't have to say what. Just say we have 30,000 beings at church. Um, and uh, but uh, So that was an eventful uh, week for us there. Let's pray to the good Lord that we don't have any more of those. Um, uh we have to extract it weighed about somewhere between uh, 8 and 11 pounds it was the size of a standard basketball when we pulled it out of the ground and it was about 8 to 10 pounds in total weight so it's been an eventful week here at the church that being said all of you that helped yesterday at Fall Family Fest uh, whether it's from your time your donations your monetary giving uh, using your trunks Helping with the game, set up, clean up, tear down. If you did anything that had any part of Family Fest, whatever it was, big or small, from my office as well as from Sister Jeannie and Sister uh, Sandy, they wanted me to express to you their sincere gratitude and thank you for that and helping us uh, with that as well. Um, it was such a huge success. I, I don't know the exact number. Probably, I would say easily over two to 300 people stopped through the campus by the throughout the whole night, just cars that came in and came in and came in. In fact, um, this morning I had the esteemed privilege, uh, I believe it's William, I think it's right, is it right, Will, William, is that it? I think it's right, I'm not sure, is that right, William? William, who's here in the back sitting behind Andrew this morning, happened to come yesterday, there's William, William waving at everybody. <laughs> William was one of the ones that dropped in, was talking to us yesterday. He started asking questions and said, so what time do you have church or whatever? And so we were talking to him. Brother Larry introduced him to him. He said, I'm going to come visit you. I didn't know that meant tomorrow, but uh, we're so glad that William came to church with us today. And uh, and as a part, so William, from, from my office as well as from the entire Santee Circle Church, welcome to church. We're so glad to have you. And uh, can we just welcome him one more time to church today? Amen. And uh, so, you know, God is good, isn't he, church? He's good. And uh, it was a good time. Your kids had a lot of fun. They probably are still jacked up on sugar. Uh, and uh, maybe some of them didn't even sleep last night. I'm not sure. Uh, but, uh, but that's, I don't feel sorry for you. Uh, just know that I love you. And uh, I was giving away all kinds of stuff last night. Chicken nuggets. And I was just giving anything I can away. Now I'm broke, so don't ask. I have nothing else to give. Um, the only thing I can give you now is cough drops. And I don't think you want those. So uh, that's all I got left. Are you ready for the word today? Let's uh, stand for the reading of God's word today. <clears throat> Mark chapter 6, begin reading in verse 45. Now most of you are probably <clears throat> used to me being really excited. I'm about as excited as I'm going to, I'm going to try to be as exciting as I can, but... Uh, you know, it, it, if I start doing a Charlie Chaplin film and just start sign languaging, no, it just means my voice went, went away. So uh, you'll just have to preach and imagine what I said instead. And straightway, this is talking about Jesus, he constrained his disciples to get into a ship, go to the other side into an area called Bethsaida, while he was sent away to the people. And when he came, he had sent them away. He departed to a mountain to pray. He went to go pray. And when evening had come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he was alone in the land. He saw them toiling and rowing. They were struggling. The wind was contrary unto them. 
And about the fourth watch of the night, he came unto them walking upon the sea or the water. But notice the words here. He would have walked right by them. He had no intention of stopping. You say, well, gosh, that's really harsh. Harsh of Jesus to do that. Well, we're going to understand why he did that in just a minute. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a spirit, a ghost. They cried out, for they all saw him. They were troubled. They were afraid. Immediately he talked to them, and he said unto them, Be of good cheer. It is I be not afraid. We just prayed for our students. You don't have to live in fear. Be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship. And the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. They were so amazed at what God did. Being able to get the wind and the waves and the seas to cease. This morning I want to preach a message called Lurking in the Dark. Lurking in the Dark. I'm going to ask Brother Randy Erchberger if he would pray the prayer of faith over the message this morning. Brother Randy. We got you. There we go. <clears throat> Lurking in the dark. When you first read this story, you first might think Jesus is not a very nice guy. He sends them out on the sea. He goes away to pray. So far, everything sounds good. But then, as he finishes up praying, he looks from the top of the mountainside where he's at across the sea and he sees them struggling in the water. And as he sees them struggling, he kind of lets them struggle for a little while alone. He doesn't immediately go to them. He lets them struggle a little while. After some time has passed, Jesus decides about the fourth watch of the night to go walking on the water. You have to understand the magnitude of Mark's narrative. The writer here, Mark, probably more than likely getting this story recounted to him from Peter or someone else because he would have been younger during the actual days of Jesus in terms of age. Mark makes a clear distinction to let us know that it was the fourth watch of the night. He wanted us to know what time of day it was. Because the darkest part of the night is the fourth watch of the night. So when the writer of Mark, the gospel of writer of Mark says it's the fourth watch of the night, he's letting us know Jesus let him toil for a while, but when it got the darkest that it could get, that's when Jesus came a-walking. And the fourth watch of the night is somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning. That's about as dark as it gets. But you have to also understand the background of this story. Jesus is sending his disciples away into a boat while he goes to pray. 
But the disciples get scared when this storm shows up. They get nervous. But it's kind of funny because how quickly they just forgot that they were just in the presence of a miracle worker just hours earlier. Because right before they got into this boat to go across the water, Jesus had about 5,000 men plus women and children, so somewhere about 20,000 people sitting on a grassy seaside on the mountainside. And he had a little boy that had come up to him with five loaves of bread and two small fish. And Jesus broke the bread and fish and he fed over 20,000 people that afternoon. They had put baskets and collected baskets. Now, after everybody's gone home, he sends the disciples out to across the sea. You also have to understand this word Bethsaida, this place he's sending them to. Now, to understand the geographical region, from the city of Jerusalem to Bethsaida is about 133 kilometers which is about 83 or so miles away. An 83 mile journey. You got to remember, there's no cars, there's no planes, there's, it takes time to get 83 miles away. So the quickest way to get, now Jesus wasn't in Jerusalem at the time, but the quickest way to get from point A to point B oftentimes was to sail across instead of taking the land all the way around, to sail across and just make a straight line across so that they could get to places quicker in a boat. 83 miles. It would be the equivalent of you getting in your car and driving to Columbia and coming back somewhere around that window. That's how far it was away from Jerusalem to Bethsaida. Jesus tells them to go to Bethsaida. You have to understand the meaning of the name Bethsaida. Bethsaida's name literally means the house of the hunt or house of the hunting or the hunted. House of the hunt. You say, well, that's a weird analogy. Well, you have to understand, Jesus is sending them there. He sends them in a boat. He goes to pray. They're headed, they think, nautically speaking, towards their destination, Bethsaida, house of the hunt. That's where Jesus said to go. That's where we're headed. We got to be there by morning. Jesus said he'll meet us there. Some way, somehow, he'll meet us there. We're headed to the house of the hunt house of the hunting and we're headed in that direction Jesus sees them toiling Jesus doesn't come Jesus waits till it gets to the darkest point rock bottom where it seems all hope is lost the water is coming in the boat's about to capsize the waves are highest they've ever been the winds are more boisterous than they've ever been Jesus comes walking on the water except there's one problem Bible says he had every intention to not stop. He was going to walk right past the boat and not say a word. I began to think when putting this message together for scare tactics, why would Jesus, seeing them struggle, walk right past them and not say a word? Now this is just my opinion, what I feel like the Lord has spoke to me. You can take it or leave it for what it's worth. You'll have to pray for God for the interpretation for yourself. Here's what I think happened. <clears throat> when you become the preacher, you can tell your version of this story anytime you want. But since today I get to be that guy, I'll tell you my story, my version. Here's why I think Jesus did it. Because there comes a point in life Jesus would like to help, 
but he's too much of a gentleman. He's not going to help if you don't want his help. Come on, somebody. Act like y'all know what I'm talking about today. I can't get excited because I don't have a voice as much, so you're going to have to help me out today. We're going to have to act Pentecostal even if we don't want to be today. Come on. Because sometimes in life what happens is Jesus has all power and all authority. And Jesus has unlimited resources at his disposal. And Jesus would love to reach his hand down from the portals of glory and help. But sometimes he's not going to overstep his bounds because sometimes we don't want his help. Sometimes we think we got it under control and Jesus, you need to mind your business and we'll mind our business. We're professional fishermen. Jesus, we know how to navigate the seas. You just worry about feeding people when they come to church. Hello? Ain't that the same way with church people? Pastor, you just make sure when people come to church, they feel good and we'll take everything else from there. You don't need to do that. You just preach. That's all pastors do, right? They just preach. They don't do nothing else. Their job's only to make everybody feel good on Sunday morning and the rest of the week they're just playing golf with somebody, right? Come on. Y'all know I'm preaching better than you're shouting today. Y'all must have the crud today. Jesus is walking by the seat. But what I also understood is he watched them struggle first. Sometimes Jesus will allow you to get in situations where you're going to struggle only to see when you're going to let go of yourself and let yourself be emptied out so he can step in onto the scene. There are also some times in your life that Jesus is going to let you struggle and lurk in the... He's going to let you live in, this, in a situation where it seems dark and bleak and hopeless because He wants to know how long are you going to hold on versus turning loose and letting Him take the reins from there. And Jesus saw them toiling. He waited till it got the darkest of the night. You know why He waited that long? Because as long as the disciples felt like they could navigate it, they didn't need Jesus. But it's the same way today. Most people don't want Jesus because they think they can handle it. They don't need him. They got it under control. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to over the last few years and stuff with this COVID and other things going on. I've been talking to them about getting right with God, getting right with the Lord, getting back in church. And they'll be like, oh, pastor, we will. But, you know, COVID this and COVID that. And I, trust me, I get all that. But I can't tell you how many people I've talked to at the end of the day at when it's all said and done. I'm thinking to myself, you just don't want God because you think you got it under control. Too many people think a shot's going to fix it. Well, let me just help you with something. We've had shots, and we still got it. Come on, somebody. Somebody thinks the president's going to fix it. Well, unless you, I don't know about you, but I just put $75 in a Honda Pilot just this week in gasoline, and I thought to myself, I'm going to start buying a horse. They're cheaper. I can buy $75 worth of food for that horse, and he'll ride me all the way across to Columbia, probably in back, and I'll steal them cheaper out on this thing. People think politics are going to fix it. That's a joke. Hello, somebody. Come on. People think, I'm just going to, can I just be frank today? I mean, I already don't feel the best, so I might as well just go ahead and swing for the fences while I'm at it, right? Then I can use the excuse I was talking out of my head because I was clogged up. Then you can't get mad because my head was clogged up. The church can't even fix it the way we're acting right now. Ooh, it, ooh, nobody wanted to hear that one this morning. I didn't say the church couldn't fix it. I said the way the church is operating right now, we certainly ain't helping fix it. Because we're living more in fear than the world is. They're going to football games. They're going to basketball games. They're going out to eat. 
They're going out. The stadium's packed so tight. My cousin just told me yesterday he spent $1,500 to buy one ticket to go to the World Series game in Atlanta, Georgia to sit in the nosebleed section to use binoculars. Couldn't even see the players. They looked like midgets. I thought, man, I was sitting in my recliner and I could read the back of their jerseys and it was free to me, you idiot. Well, Lord, I, I was preaching your word, but apparently they like the World Series better than this. So I'm sorry. At the end of the day, you got them jammed in there like sardines in a tin can. But you start talking about church. You start talking about to the word. You start talking about doing things for God. Oh, I can't go there, preacher. I might get in trouble there. I can't sing. I can't. I can't get in the close crowds, preacher. See, the problem is people think they got it under control. See, Jesus was going to walk right past them. They're headed to a city that's name means the house of the hunt. Sometimes God wants us to hunt for him in the darkness. Sometimes when it seems like all hope is lost, seems like I can't see what's going on, the devil's got some stuff lurking in the darkness because the Bible talks about the fear, that false evidence appearing real. The devil will sometimes put little demons and little things along our way to try to scare us and use smokes and mirrors and screens and try to make us be afraid of what's in the dark. But I'm telling you, there's somebody else lurking in the dark. When we start hunting for Jesus in the midst of the dark, he'll be standing there if we look long enough. They're headed to the house of the hunt. What they don't realize, what they're searching for is already on their way towards them. They're hunting for something to save them in this sea, not realizing the master of the wind and sea has already went to a mountain and prayed for them, already got a hold to God, and while they're out there just singing, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream and feel like they're about to go under, God himself's come down off the mountain for the God on the mountain is the God in the valley. He's come down off the mountain. He started walking on the sea, and they're headed to the house of the hunt. But what they don't know is what they're hunting for and what they're searching for is already on its way to them. Say, so what does that mean, preacher? Well, it means this. When you hit rock bottom, and you're in the darkest of your life, and you've hit what you would say is the fourth watch of the night spiritually, let me tell you this morning, all you got to do is start searching in the darkness because Jesus is somewhere right in the middle of that darkness. That's why we sang this morning, not only is he the God on the mountain, he's the God in the valley, but we also said all you got to do is say the name of Jesus. It'll calm your fears. It'll dry your tears. It'll wipe them all away. When you don't even know what to pray, and when you don't know what else to say, and when you think you can't even get to tomorrow, you don't even think you'll get to see tomorrow. You can't make it through the day. You only got to know how to do one thing. Say the name. What's that name? Jesus. 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 Jesus is the sweetest name I know. He's just the same as he. That's the reason we love him because he's the sweetest name. 
There is no other name under heaven or earth by which men must be saved but at the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is God to the glory of God the Father. We have an advocate fighting on our behalf. They're lurking in the darkness and the seas of life. There's a wave walker. There's a sea talker that will walk in and speak to that situation today. The Bible gives us clear direction. The word fear not is used over 350 times in the word of God. In fact, depending on your translations, it can be almost as north, almost to the number close to 400 times, depending on what Bible translation you read. But every translation has at least over 350 times of record of fear not or do not be afraid. Don't be worried. See, this is the second storm the disciples have been through. <clears throat> they had been through one already before when Jesus was asleep in a boat. They freaked out that night. Jesus got up. He said, why are you all afraid? I'm in the bow of the boat. Do you really think I'm going to let the boat sink? I'm in the boat. But he got up. He spoke to the wind, the waves. They ceased. Now, this time, he's walking on the water with them. They're, they're toiling. He's walking. Isn't it interesting that the winds were so contrary and strong that it's blowing the boat to and fro? And waves are capsizing into the boat. But while Jesus is walking on the water, the water didn't overtake him, and the wind did not blow him over. And can I tell you, even the wind can't even knock Jesus off course. Whatever he sets his course to, Jesus will get to his intended destination. The winds of life may blow you off course. The winds of life may keep you from going to and fro. But Jesus never is affected by the wind. He makes it to his intended destination every time. He's lurking in the darkness. You say, well, pastor, how does that help? us with our series on scare tactic. Well, I quickly want to go through this and share with you. The first thing I want you to know is fear is ageless. Fear is no respecter of persons. Babies, when they're born, understand fear. You let me go get Hadley out of children's church. You let me make some kind of loud, chaotic sound. Or something will startle her and she'll start crying if she's startled. Because she's already got the receptors of understanding to be afraid of something. She may not can process it, but she knows she's afraid of something. You can be 95 years old. You still have something you can be afraid of. Afraid. Afraid. See, the reality of it is this. The devil doesn't care how old or how young you are. He just wants you to be afraid. It's the same way spiritually though. The devil doesn't care if you've only been saved for five minutes <clears throat> or if you've been saved for 55 years. He still wants to instill a spirit of fear in your life. You see, fear originated in the Garden of Eden. You know the story of Adam and Eve. There was no fear beforehand. 
There was no reason to be afraid. Nothing to be afraid of. Nothing. Can you imagine, just for a moment, could you imagine a life where there's no fear, no anxiety, no depression, no oppression, don't have to worry about going to school, don't have to worry about going to a job, you have nothing to worry about. There was a time that that was the case, before sin entered into the world. But can I tell you, there's also going to come a time that's going to happen again. Because when we get to heaven, there's no fear. Because perfect love casts out all fear. And God is love. Fear is a byproduct of sin. Throughout scripture, people have been afraid. Moses, Abraham, David, Elijah, Jonah, Zechariah, father of John the Baptist, John Mark, on his missionary journeys with Paul, getting homesick. All throughout the pages of Scripture, from old to young, people have been afraid. Afraid. But secondly, and that's where my remote went, so you'll have to follow me, honey, because my remote went off on my phone. Secondly, fear will magnify the situation. Fear is going to always make something appear a whole lot bigger than it really is. That's why fear has often been coined false evidence appearing real. Fear is going to make it look a whole lot bigger than it needs to be. Because the devil doesn't really want you to understand that God is bigger than any problem. Bigger than any mountain, bigger than any valley, bigger than any... God is bigger than anything else I can or cannot see. Fear. William Sangster was a preacher. He used to tell of a story entitled The Scepter of Brocken. Brocken is the highest peak in the Hartz Mountains of Germany. Many people <clears throat> lived in fear. Because they had this, for years, this story that a giant lived in the top of the mountains of Brocken. And they would say, you could only see it at certain times of the day. <clears throat> you'd see him at sunset, and you'd see him at sunrise, and people were afraid to go up the mountain. So one day, <clears throat> after hearing about this, a couple researchers and witnesses wanted to go find this giant. So they set out on this journey to go see what everyone in town was afraid of. When they got to the top of the mountain, they didn't find a giant. But they did find out what everyone was afraid of. They discovered <clears throat> at the peak of Brocken, the scepter of Brocken, when the sun would come over the hillside, the way the sun would come, it would, on the sunrise and sunset, it would hit the body of the person standing on top of the mountain and would cast a shadow towards the valley where the city was so it would make someone look a whole lot larger than they were. 
they were afraid of a shadow. A shadow. Just a shadow. But that's what the devil's all about. He'll make something appear a whole lot bigger than it really is if he thinks it'll make you afraid and turn you from God. He'll make himself look bigger. He'll make himself look stronger and mightier when he's not any of those things. If God be for you, who can be against you? I've often, I'm amazed, you know me, I love Animal Planet. I've learned that the African Impala can jump to a height over 10 feet in the air. 10 feet, y'all. 10 feet in the air. And cover a distance greater than 30 feet at each lunge. When they push their legs out and shoot, they shoot 30 feet out. 10 feet in the air, 30 feet out. But you can put them behind a three-foot wall in an enclosure and they will not jump over it. Because zoologists have discovered that the animal will not jump if they cannot see where their feet will land. You see, faith is the ability to trust what you can't see. Faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things I cannot I may not always know where my feet's going to land, but if God's holding my hand, if I hold on to the unchanging hand of God, I may not always know where I'm going to go, but I can promise you he, he promised to hold my hand. He promised to help me stand when the valley's too low and the river's too wide. He promised he'd lead me to the other side. His promises light my way, never lead my feet astray. Living in his word, I will overcome because that's his promise one by one. They can jump 10 feet in the air, but they won't jump a three-foot fence because they can't see on the other side. You know that's how the devil is? He makes you think that whatever you're facing is so insurmountable when all you got to remember is if God be for me. And you can just step right over whatever it is he has in your life. Number three, Miss Carol, as you make your way. Fear will drain you. It will drain you. Because what fear does, it zaps it out. It just zaps it right out of you. You ever met somebody that's afraid? They bury themselves in the covers. They wrap themselves up. They're terrified. Why? Because they have no courage. They've lost their strength, their courage. It's been drained from them. The devil wants you to feel defeated. He does. He does. In fact, the devil, the devil doesn't want you to know that God has a better plan. He wants to literally drain all the efforts, all of the everything. He just wants to zap it right out of you. You know why? Because the devil knows your potential more than you do. You know why? The devil's afraid. He's afraid of what you can do for the body of Christ. So if he keeps you down... He hinders the movement and advancement of God's kingdom. The only reason the devil's like that is because the devil's afraid of you. The devil has more confidence in what you can become than sometimes we have in ourselves. You can make the devil afraid of you. Think about that. You can make the devil afraid of you. That's some 
pretty impressive thing to think about. It'll drain you. You see, courage, courage is not the absence of fear, but it's overcoming fear. But I want to tell you the last thing. Fear is contagious. You ever been with somebody and everybody's doing good and one person thinks they hear something? You know what everybody else does? Freaks out. <laughs> You'll be walking. <clears throat> I remember she's not here today. She's at her own church and hopefully she's paying attention to her pastor so she wouldn't be listening to me. So I should be okay to say it. But Brianna and I and some of her family we were walking in Charleston a while back. It was late at night. And her brothers and I have a morbid sense of humor. We like to just pick on people. We just I didn't say we're good people. We just, that's just what we do. I always tell people who pull practical jokes on me, I never get mad. I just get even. I love to get even. It's like for that. It's so much fun. I'm working out my salvation with fear and trembling. I'm still working through it. <clears throat> but we were there. And uh, Brianna's one of those people you can, you can just, she can be standing at the bathroom door and you can just be standing there waiting for her to come out. And as soon as she opens the door, just say, hey, and she'll jump back and like, jump back into the stall. Like she just, she's skittish like that sometimes. And so there were some of us all walking out there and somebody said, did y'all hear that? And immediately she grabs my arms as hard as she can and she's like, well, what was it? What was it? I was like, I don't know. I didn't hear it. What did y'all hear? I was like, I didn't hear it. Your brother said he heard it. I did not hear it. What did he hear? Ask him and let my arm go. I can't even feel my arm. And she's like, we, 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 we need to go. We better go. We, we got to go. We need to go. We don't even know it's anything bad. It doesn't matter. Get in the car. Let's go. Let's go. One of the disciples saw that there was a ghost on the water. And said, hey, y'all see what I see out there? And the rest of them's like, oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to die. We're going to die. Because fear is contagious. Fear spreads. It's like leaven in bread. It just spreads. Fear, once somebody gets it, it just mutates itself. You don't believe it? What did COVID-19 do to the world? As soon as it came out, it instilled fear in the entire world. It's contagious. It's contagious. There's so much more I could say today, but for time's sake, I'm not. I want to... <coughs> I want to read a couple things to you. Two explorers were on a jungle safari when suddenly a ferocious lion jumped out in front of them. Keep calm, the first explorer whispered. Remember what we read in that book on wild animals? If you stand perfectly still and look that lion in the eye, he will turn and run. Sure said his companion you've read the book I've read the book but has that lion read the book see that's how it is sometimes in our journey of life we're too much worried about what everybody else is doing rather than what we're supposed to be doing 
Can I tell you something and you not get mad at me today? God wrote the book, so he already knows what's in it. Satan's read the book because he tried to use the book against Jesus and his temptation of Jesus. But have you read the book? Because the devil says he comes roaring as a lion seeking whom he may devour. I can tell you, the lion of our lives, not the, the lion of the tribe of Judah, he wrote the book. The lion that vexes our soul, he's read the book. The question is, have you read the book? Because if you read the book, there's no reason you should be afraid to come to church. There's no reason you should be afraid to give tithes and offerings. There should be no use. Oh, Pastor, I might lose my job. Yes, but God owns a cattle on a thousand hills, and he'll provide a way where there seems to be no way. You shouldn't be afraid to come to church, pay your tithes and offerings to attend uh, Bible studies, whatever, because the book says, I win. Started out, yeah, kind of sketchy, messing up. Devil got involved, started tricking people. But at the end, if I know Jesus, I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. And at the end, I will hear, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Revelation 22 and 20. And Jesus testified unto all these things, saying, surely I am coming quickly. Amen. We win. Because when he comes, time ends, devil's bound. The last book, the last verse says, Jesus said, even so I'm coming quickly. Amen. So be it. We win. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? Well, that means Jesus stands when the storm overwhelms us. Jesus stays when the storm scares us. Jesus strengthens us when the storm weakens us. Someone once was quoted saying this, and this is the last thing I have to say today. Sometimes the Lord will calm the storms. Sometimes he'll let the storm rage on so that he can calm his child. I don't know what you're going through today. You say, well, Pastor, I need Jesus to speak to my storm. Well, that's all well and good, but first let him speak to you and calm you first. Be like these disciples. Be looking in the dark, lurking in the hunt for Jesus. Search for Jesus. And when you see him, call out unto him, Jesus, I need you. Let him come and say, it is I. Be not afraid and comfort you. Because once he gets into the boat of your life, then he'll say to the storm, the seas, the winds, and the waves, Peace, be still. You stand all over the house this morning. Are you thankful for the goodness of God? I am. I am. I want to just pray a prayer of faith over you today. I just want to pray that your faith would be strengthened. I know we're getting ready to get into a season of thanksgiving and a season of celebrating the birth of Christ. An exciting time, a festive time. But I still believe the devil is still doing everything he can to destroy people in the body of Christ through fear, through division, 
any way he can hurt the kingdom of God being advanced, he's trying his best to do it. But I believe God's better and bigger. And God's able to do it exceedingly abundantly above that which my mind can think or comprehend. I trust Jesus. I trust Jesus. I don't know who you trust, but I trust Jesus. I can't control what happens in Pennsylvania Avenue. I can't help. I can't trust what's going on sometimes in Columbia, South Carolina. Shoot, I can't even trust what's sometimes going on in the county and city courthouse down here downtown on Carolina Avenue. But I can tell you one thing. I trust the one who made streets of gold and jasper walls and gates of pearl. The one who's the master builder and can carve the greatest mansion that you've ever seen. I trust a man that has never let me down. I trust a man that's never failed. Because I trust in the way, the truth, and the life. And I don't know what else to say and I don't have the words to pray and I feel like I can't make it through the day. I just have to say the name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I've done the very best of my ability to preach your unadulterated word of God today. I pray, I pray, I pray a prayer of faith over this body of believers. Men and women, the constituency that comprise this church, those online, those in-house. Bless them today. Encourage them in spirit. Encourage them in power. God, I'm asking today you administer to this people. I love you. I'm asking today that you would let them walk out of here confident, bold, assurant. God be for them, who can be against them? Be with our children, our grandchildren. God, may you bless us and keep us, and your face shine upon us and be gracious to us. Lift up your countenance upon us. Give the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. Guard our hearts till you come again. May the words of our mouths and meditations of our hearts been acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord our God and blessed Redeemer. And as you remain in the spirit of prayer, I'm going to ask Brother Randy Hertzberger to pray this benedictory prayer, and immediately following that, you can consider yourselves dismissed, Brother Hertzberger.